You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Hey, it's us, and you're back <laughs> you're with back. us. It is. It's outspoken. It's another beautiful Sunday morning out there. It is. I it's have decided that gorgeous. we, this mm-hmm. year, okay. my goal, your goal for us, this year, we need a new intro. Although we're very serious newsmen, we also are pretty crazy. So yeah. <laughs> I think we need a new crazy intro. A new crazy right? intro. You know who, who I think we should get to do that crazy intro? Who? Houston. Yes, I agree. I think he... Okay, so you and I listened to his show this uh, Thursday. By the way, if you haven't heard Houston's show, it's on uh, KUGR Cougar Radio. You and can you, listen on yeah. TuneIn app. And if you don't know, maybe you're a new listener, and yep. if you are, that's awesome. But if you don't know, Houston is one of our interns from the past. He interned with us last year, the beginning of last year, all through the summer, and he was our sound guy, and he made great intros to different things. And anyways, so when he went back to school, he didn't want to leave us, so he still comes back into the studio. But He does. He, they, he tried for... Uh, his own show on the Wazoo's radio station, and he got it. So we haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. So he gets a hold of us the other day and yeah. says, hey, it's my birthday. I'm doing a, a special show because none of the shows come back until middle of February. They're going to let me go in and do a show, though, and I really want you boys to listen. So he texted you, me, mm-hmm. and Kurt, and he went, which means a lot that he wanted us to listen. Yeah, that, it's so, great. I, I appreciate it. It's Thursdays, it. 10 to midnight. Yeah, it's and a late show. It is, and but we did. You and I made it. We, we did. listened, and um, it what he did a great job. It was a good time. I He's, told him I've never heard him I, talk I, so I've much. Never heard him talk so much either. He was telling stories out the butt, <gasps> and yeah, he, uh, yeah, it was awkward. It was, and uh, the music was interesting. I see he has great music choice, he, and he, it ranges. It does it's exactly. Very, it also ranges decades it and does. styles. Yeah, he started with the Eagles, and I was like, huh, uh-huh. okay, I right. like that. Well, one of yeah. the you know one of the yeah, founding the members of the Eagles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. died, so it was a, it was. It was a tribute. Mm-hmm. To have that. Yeah, but it was all over. Yeah, but he, anyways, the, the point of the story is that he <laughs> created, so, yeah, right, he created some of the intros and segments for us, yeah. so we wanted him to do that because his intros and outros are spot on. Okay, the they intro to dank. his show, which is Houston, we have a problem, yeah. <laughs> is so awesome. I know, I love and it. And he puts in so many sound bites and crazy, like, I don't have time. Mm. So, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we're going to have to convince him that... Uh, you know that's how it happens that, exactly. So that, that would stay tuned for that. That's a new change coming in two K sixteen two two K sixteen. I can't talk to you. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about two K. So I learned a lot. We're shooting some promos for a very important event that we're in. Yes, yeah, for the um, red ribbon. So gala. you and I have taken turns writing scripts, right? Yeah. So I get a script that Sergey's written for this promo, <laughs> and it's very funny. But there are so many terms in there that I'm like, you had to have made all of these up. Well, here's the thing. You didn't. And no. one of those no, terms no, no. I hadn't heard yet mm-hmm. was that you're, I'm not supposed to call it 2016. I'm supposed to call it 2K16. Right. 2K as in 2000. Yeah, yeah. 2K16. And then to prove that you are not lying to me, we're listening to Houston's show. Yeah. <laughs> he has yeah. his best friend on with him and yeah. he keeps saying... 2K16. I'm telling you. It makes me want to I'm cut you. I'm telling you, yeah. I want to stab you. It's, it's just, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously, 2K, it's not shorter. Here, I'll. It's just 
It is shorter. Not 2016, 2K, 2K16. 16. K and thousand. D- K is one letter. <laughs> thousand is probably seven. Is this how math is now? Let's yeah. just throw everything together. Grammar. 2K16. And, yeah. Here's the thing. I, I, I'll give you a, a pass. I'll give you a hall pass. Um, here's what you can do. You can say... 2016 but you cannot say 2016 you can say 2016 what's it going to be next year um uh, is you know, it going to be continue the trend of 2k17 or is it that'll oh be oh god no not- 2k17 sounds awful this is this is the first and last year we can do this 2k16 guys get on board before right. it's 2k17 and in that script that you sent me you send yeah. a lot of trendy words and things that yeah, are happening right. right now seriously like kurt and i are reading going through lines <laughs> before we meet to do some of the shoot yeah. and kurt and i the first time through are like i have no idea what this is about well i explain it in the script so i mean watch, you do, watch, which is the watch only the way video, yeah. so first way first time through mm-hmm. i said i told kurt though what is perfect about this is sergey Taylor made this for me yeah. because it's exactly <laughs> yeah. how I would react. Yeah, exactly. So just, I, I have no idea. All of that to tell you all who are listening mm-hmm. um, that we have some new video promos coming out that are going to be a lot of fun because they're they're us. They're they very yeah. just we wanted to be silly and fun. And it's for SANS, Spokane AIDS Network's benefit, the big benefit of the year, the Red Ribbon Gala. Yes. That we are hosting. We are. It's, be on and it's going to be February 28th, 4.30 to 9.30 at the historic Washington Cracker Company building. And I know that because we said it so many times so during the, the filming process. <laughs> 18 <laughs> so that, million times. In the beginning, at. we couldn't remember. And by no. now, got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. You will never mess up the place you actually work at. I know. And we have a script where I have to mess it up. So it's going to be yeah. weird. Anyways, very important. This is one of their big events. We had Grant, Grant Ogren on last week. He's the we president mm-hmm. of the board of Spokane. Network. Uh, we are always working with them. There's a video currently on our Facebook page about the testing process because you and I went and got tested a few weeks yeah, ago. We did. We posted we did. it. It has like so many views. One eighteen hundred views right now. Yeah. It's reached if like twenty five thousand people. Um, important things. It is actually some of my friends saw the video. Um, and they, I mean, they've, they're following our page, of course, because right, it, you have should. to be, if you're my friend, you have I to follow gonna say, the page. I was going to say, I have to question your friendship. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's part of the review uh, they process. Saw the vi- they saw the video and they were so interested by A, the whole process and B, how simple it was. That they kept asking me questions. How do I get tested? Where do I go? Can I do it by myself? Is it really that scary? But all these things, and I think that's that's and amazing. I had some people comment mm-hmm. on how um, relaxing Kyle Richardson, who did the yeah. test for us, and <laughs> yeah. he's a friend of ours. How it was very comfortable. You did, you know, it wasn't high stress. He's very exactly. He, yeah, he talks. He's very. He talks in a very comforting manner. Anyways, this is what I got to tell you. Yes, Kyle is amazing, but all of the people there at San are. When they do the testing, so very important, and, and and that's the thing is an HIV test is going to be scary in its own way because yeah, just you know it's, 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 it's a big deal, yeah. it's a big deal. Um, but people like that really help you out, and the and the great thing is if you do happen to test positive, they're there for you right there and then From to the get your resources, to get all your registration, to get all of the things you need for the future of your life. Yeah. yeah. All there together. Well, and then they're, they're, they're counselors. Here's the thing. The other thing they do is they, is they talk to you about prep, which we've talked about many times yes. over the last year and a half on our show, um, pre-exposure prophylaxis, the drug Truvada. Anyways, while I'm in there, Kyle makes it very easy he does. To help he you does. if you want. If you choose that you want to get on prep, mm-hmm. he makes it easy. And guess what? Tomorrow, 
they got me a doctor's appointment. It, it was this everything. Yeah. So I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. Um, and they are going to finish the paperwork because, of course, in Washington, we're very lucky we have PrepDap, uh, prep which mm-hmm. is going to take over paying for this very important drug. And I'm going to go through this process and I'm going to keep you posted on what it's like to go through the process. And um, But I think it's important if you are a sexually active gay man, be responsible. Be um, you know, if you're not on PrEP, use a condom. It's just part of taking control of your sexual health, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's that's very cool. Some other things that we have done is we uh, went to Civic Theater because this weekend opened Sorted Lives. It did. Del Shore's very highly acclaimed cult classic. Mm-hmm. It was a play, then it was a movie with um, Olivia Newton-John. Uh, and it's it's amazing. And then uh, later, Jordan, later it was a t- it? it was a TV series, and then as it was well, a TV yeah. series on Logo. There's a sequel that Del Shores is writing yeah. writing right now. Well, we're going to have the stage play exactly. here in Spokane at the Spokane Civic Theater. Mm-hmm. And it's it, the if you don't know a whole lot about it, uh, of course you can go read reviews. In short, it's a black comedy about white trash, is what yes. they like to call it. It's the best, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everything I've seen of it, I've only seen a few parts of the series. I've not actually seen the independent film, uh, but I'm excited to go see this, and uh, it, it, it's hilarious. We got to talk to the it's, director it's and great. one of the lead actors yeah. in the play. We're going to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kurt hasn't told us what day yet. He was uh, supposed Kurt's to figure that out. For us. But in the end, we, were just, we just went to Civic yeah. and saw Les Liaisons de Danger. Yeah, Dangerous Liaisons. Yes, but I wanted to try French. That was well done. Well done. Better than last yeah, week. Much that better. Was a train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> we went. We had a good time there. You know, the boys are always trying to go out and tell you what's going on in your backyard, so you mm-hmm. can go out and get involved. Mm-hmm. We've been to uh, modern theater. We try to go out and do things. Right. We're, right, right. we're always down at the Performing Arts Center. Um, we go to the Symphony. So we're here to kind of tell you what you can go out and do. Right now, I'm telling you, Sorted Lives is going to be hysterical and amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a gay theme mm-hmm. uh, underlying the whole thing. Leslie Jordan, who's hilarious, was, you know, he was the star of the first one. He's going to star in the second one. He was in the TV series. Yeah. Go see it. It's so much fun to see it's live gonna theater. It's going to be great. So, yeah, go go see this at the Civic Theater. Let's uh, support our local talent that's out there for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what? There's also another show going on right now, if you haven't heard. Uh, opening this week is Book of Mormon <laughs> at the IMB uh, to Performing Arts Center. Trying to breathe. Right, exactly. Okay. And, of course, uh, <laughs> we are going. Yes, we're going to we, be there Wednesday. We are going to be there Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Book of Mormon, the cast is actually doing their special at nine. They're doing Hair, the musical in concert. So it's going to mm-hmm. be uh, a little a little after party for them. Benefits yeah. go to uh, Broadway Cares and Spokane AIDS Network. Yes, they've and teamed that's, up. That's Thursday at eleven at nine, Bar and Bistro. Yeah. So go see it. First of all, it's mm-hmm. it's helping an important community organization. It is. And Broadway Cares is amazing. It really, um, really so is. it's a great way. Plus, you get to see the sexy boys you just saw on stage, mm-hmm. and now you get to be even closer to them as they sing songs from Hair, which is a very catchy musical. Yeah, it's been around for decades and a lot of fun. And you and I are going to be on stage for two seconds, but we I'll are. Take it. We're basically going to go on there and say hi. We're from Outspoken. Right. They're from Book you of Mormon. Might, Listen to them. Yeah, you might want to watch because I, I can't control myself around musicals. So you might no. see Sergey and I <laughs> randomly just going up there singing "Age of Aquarius." Yeah, you know, just randomly. Just to- <laughs> And the guys are like they they're not supposed to be in all we we know the choreography too just <laughs> totally. just It'll, by watching it once we're like we're, we're gonna in, bust go. it out mm. <laughs> hey who knows hey, it's who a lot knows? of fun uh, one of our uh, fans out there one of our listeners Josh is going to be 
there he's going to see Book of Mormon, and yep. he's going to be at that event. So hey, go! You're gonna it's going to be a great party. All it's your friends be will be there. Let's do something positive. I get tired of the negative out there. Speaking I agree. Yeah. Of positive every year, we take on a new health goal. We do. Last year, we ran a 5K. Seriously, like I ran it. Sergey mm-hmm. like busted my rear end for and you, and you five did months, for five and months. we did it. Yeah. This year, it. we have teamed up with the American Diabetes Association, mm-hmm. and we're going to do the bike ride, the Tour de Cure. Yes. 25-mile bike ride. You're going to hear us talk a lot more about it as the weeks go by, but training started this week. It did. All you had to do was three days. In the gym, if you want, if you have your bike and you wanted to, at least it's been a lot clearer lately other than the it's rain. It's great biking weather right? right now. It's amazing. So you were just three days of 30 yeah. minutes. Three and days, for me, 30 I minutes? went to the gym and yeah. I got on the bike and I did 30 minutes and you picked a level that wasn't going to kill you. So it was kind of yeah, yeah, easy, yeah. but not like, you know, where you don't even break a sweat. Just, exactly. you know, make it. I did all three days. Kurt is doing it yeah. this year. He trained last year. He was unfortunately not able to... Um, Coincidentally, he went to the hospital, to the it ER, the or something. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it just, mm, when he doesn't want to do it. something, he goes as far as he has to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this he year, he stabs himself. You got to do twenty-five. We're going to do twenty-five miles on a bike, and we invite mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. to join us, all of our listeners. It's for an amazing cause. Trust me, I have diabetes. That's why you know I came yeah. out on this show um, less than six months ago, and so that's why this is important. So join our cause. All you have to do is send an email to producer at hotmesssunday.com and say, I want to join the bike ride. Say whatever you want, as long as we realize in the end that you're trying to join the bike ride. <laughs> we will send you tips that Sergey gives us every week. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Training tips and goals for that week. If you belong to one of our gyms, you can break, mm-hmm. out, break out with us in a little breakdown. So no, you can work out with us. And we'll give you tips on good food. Anyways, let's do it together. So I work out at Planet Fitness. Because I live near it. Um, so if you work out, amazing. come and work out with me. I've been getting emails from people saying, where do mm-hmm. you work out? Mm-hmm. And so we're, uh, so far I haven't found someone who's to in the valley who yeah, wants yeah, to work yeah. out there. But you're welcome to. Uh, we are here to support everybody. And when we start doing the actual training outside in Spokane, which will come in probably a month, uh, you can come and join us. We'll let you know where we're going to be and you can join the training there. But please... Join. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a hoot. If he can teach me to ride 25 miles on a bike, if he can teach me to run 5K, you can do it too. You, any, anyone can do it. That's the thing. It's, it's a bike ride. Anyone can do it. It's a run. Anyone can do it. Uh, oh, this wait. week, this week yes. we're going to be doing... So last week we did three days of 30 minutes on easy. Mm-hmm. This week we're going to push that to 40 minutes, three days. Woo! Three days, 40 minutes, still on easy. Uh, and that means, you know, you can go uh, to your gym, set it on, yeah. on a nice easy setting, or you can take out your bike since right. it's clearing up. Look, uh, today is the perfect And day. just pace yourself. Don't yeah. do hills. Just do a nice, steady, just, just So three just days, fun. 40 minutes. Three days at 40 minutes. Listen, if I'm excited yeah. that, that it gets to happen, that I mean, this is how to do yeah, it. exactly. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Something, too, uh, I want to encourage everyone, if you want to do this in your you're like, there's no way in mm-hmm. hell mm-hmm. I can do uh, a 25 mile. Here's the thing. You have a lot of options. They're not 25. Some, I mean, you can go up to 100. It can. Some are down to five miles. And this year they have uh, a walking route. So there what's you go. most you, important yeah. is supporting a good cause. And that's exactly right. As long yeah. as you're there to support the ADA and to be there really support people with diabetes diabetes affects hundreds of millions of people around the world so this is Mm -hmm. why you're going to hear us talk about it a lot it's 
a hard disease to manage, as I can it definitely is, tell is. you. So anyways, but what I love is we always choose a challenge. And for me, that's what I like. We're mm-hmm. doing 25 because it's going to push us. It's going to push us. It's not going to kill us, though. No. It's going to push so us. So for us, that's going to work. Yeah. You know, the 5K, for me, that was a... a yeah, it was a goal absolutely. that I thought was unattainable, but absolutely. after four months when you do it, you feel really good. Yeah, and you did it, and you felt amazing afterwards, <clears throat> right? Champions. I can now say, You've before I was 40, I did a 5K. You did. Now I can say at 40, I rode a bike for 25 miles. Yeah, I mean, let's 25 take miles. It. I'm celebrating 40, people. Right. So beautiful. Hey, and by the way, if you live a 20-minute bike ride away from your work, bike to work, Bike to work for 20 minutes and then 20 minutes You've back. That. Hey, look at that. Can I tell you something as a big guy yeah. that I will, I don't think I would do it? Because I sweat if I move my big toe. Yeah. It just happens. Because you have to get to work and then you're sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Because if I were to bike, then I would get there and there's no shower at my work and it would just yes, get awkward yes, yes. for everyone. Yeah, it's nice to have a shower. That is very true. <laughs> that is very true. That's a good point. But you have biked to the station before. You have I biked have, to I your have. work. So you do it and it works. And I do come in sweaty. Right. I, ju- I just, I kind of just. But Sergey's so pretty. Right. He just sweats pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> not I true. Not I true. It. I wish that was the case, but it's not. Okay, we're going to take a real <laughs> quick song break here, and okay. then we are come back uh, and talk a little bit to yeah. our spotlight guest, yeah. Dylan Vox. So this is going to be a song by Of Monsters and Men, and it's called Empire. You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Just a brief commercial break. No, no, Um, that's how that goes. So we are currently just waiting because we're going to have actor and producer Dylan Vox uh, with us shortly. But until then, we've been reminding you about all the great things that are coming that we have Mm -hmm. around town. Uh, Civic Theater, Modern Theater, all the great theaters in town um, (laughs) down at... um, Performing Arts Center, there's yeah. great things going on. And of course, this is tis the season every day is, but Spokane A's Network, how important it is still to be know your status and how it's important. All of the new things that are coming out in the HIV horizon, uh, it's important to stay educated, especially if you are a sexually active gay man. It's even more important to take care of your sexual health. We're going to be talking a lot more about that as a... Uh, as I walk through some processes and uh, and kind of share my journey with all of you as well. So those things are coming. I'm excited. Those are really good things. I love that every year we do something like that. I love that every year we... Uh, there's something. There's something. I love that every, I'm participating. the health thing yeah. I always get excited with. Yeah. It's very easy to peter out. And it's, but it, we st- at least yeah. spend at least six months of the year focused exactly on a goal and you know what we don't set a new year's resolution no we do this this is this is what we do we we set ourselves a goal later on Mm -hmm. and we achieve that goal yeah and it has a date in the future i believe that the tour de cure is may 20th yeah it's yeah it's a saturday Mm -hmm. um and so we have a definite end goal in sight and our goal last year we had for the 5k we had a nice team of seven on the outspoken team Mm -hmm. i want to see us get a nice team of 10 for this, let's always build on it. So always, yeah. Uh, I'm going to call out Lara, Lara. Sorry, Lara, Lara Estaris. You know we love you, and she, of course, is a board member here at KYRS. And uh, I'm going to call her out because she did our, she did the 5K with us, and she I did. wanted she to do. Us. Yeah, I wanted to do the this 25 mile bike ride. So you know who else I'm going to call out right now? Mm. Kyle Richardson. He's yes. since last year he has been talking about doing a bike ride. Last year he. Every time we ran was like, well, I want to do a bike ride next, bike ride next. Now we're doing it. And actually, uh, him and I went uh, Saturday morning. We went on a run together. And uh, he said he'd love to join us. So 
Welcome to the I team. I think it, and let's so, talk. So let, there's a let, lot of people to people Those two, on. and then Grant Ogren last week when Grant we were talking Ogren, yes. about the mm-hmm. Spoken Age Network and all the events coming, he said he wants to do that too. There's three, three people we have called out, and then I call every listener on here. Come on. You can do it. You can do it, and we you will help it. you do it, but let's let's do it together. So it's a great yeah. health goal, um, and it's, it's an amazing organization. Mm-hmm. So I say, and Josh Swan, calling Josh Swan out. This is like our version of the ice bucket challenge. It is. We call people out and we say, you have to ride 25 miles on a bike with us. Right. Exactly. So are you going to get your uh, your man to join us in this this goal? Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to try. Yeah. Um, I, already I know have he's him. very busy. He is very busy. I'm committing him to another goal. I told him that him and I are going to run a 5K together because, <gasps> That's awesome. of course, last year he didn't. I mean, he w- I didn't have he wasn't him here as yet. my man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he was waiting so, in the wings somewhere. Right, exactly. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so he has to catch up to that. And then the bike thing, of course, as well. Yeah, it would be cool. I know he's very mm-hmm. busy, but very, I, I, let's but, see. He's very busy, and he's a pocket gay. Too. He is. He's tiny. Pocket he gay. Tiny. Just put him in your pocket. Yeah. So You're maybe welcome, maybe Cole. I'll just have <laughs> <laughs> wow. Maybe I'll just have the uh, little thing in the back. What are they called? The the trailer things. Oh yeah. You put your kids in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll just, I'll just have them back. This down. is what yeah. I always feel. <laughs> so I feel for Cole because he only barely knows me, and I'm like I'm a lot to take in Sergey's life. I'm just gonna warn you. Any friends of Sergey's and Sergey's man, Cole, who is a sweetheart, and I've spent some time with him, but we, we you know, I'm sure it's a lot for him, but sorry about well, it. Well, at, at this, really po- at this point, he's used to it. A lot of a lot of my friends are pretty intense. It's it's not like I'm not intense, intense either. Is my, yeah, but yeah. he gets benefits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you notice you always put up with more from who you're, like, I, I always say I can't live yeah. with anybody. I can't live with roommates yeah. unless they're my boyfriend because- the sex kind of helps to yeah, make everything exactly, else because exactly. you're more motivated to work it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Levels the playing field. It there does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gives me some, you know, incentive. In- there it is. Incentive. Incentive to behave. Yeah. It probably sounds mm-hmm. awful, but that's just how it is in my world. And so. you know what? And that's okay because it's <laughs> mutual. You mutually agree on it. You know right? what's going on. You know why. Uh, and you're both even if it. you have a hard day and you, you know, you fight yeah. with each other, make up sex. Hello. Hello. It can be the best. It, I know. It is I the love best. it. So that's good. So we're going to just move forward. We do. We might have a spotlight guest. You know, with these actors. You yeah, know. It, it happens. <laughs> and we're so, we're so used to this that we've perfected our we're, moving along technique. We are old pros. Can we talk about something? Um, <laughs> yes, we can. We have a very important thing we're going to talk about in the last half hour of the show. Yeah. But right now, let's talk about the human rights campaign. The HRC mm-hmm. uh, came out this past week and endorsed Hillary Clinton as their yes. candidate. Mm. Uh, Bernie Sanders came out and was disappointed. And now he's getting a lot of heat because he said the HRC is a political establishment, that she's just getting her endorsements from the establishment. It's been sure. a big, a big conversation. It even caused uh, quite a conversation on our Facebook page, actually. What do you, because you know, HRC got a lot of flack this last year being called plain politics. I mean, it started with the, uh, in Congress when they were trying to do yeah, that. Yeah, the religious, uh, liberties, but also the, the employment, the, RFRA, the equal yeah, exactly, employment. exactly. The non discrimination ordinance that they exactly, had. Exactly. And the bill. And there we because go. Because they were pushing it and yet it had so many flaws in it. So people started questioning them there. Were they doing it for political reasons? And then, of course, everything that happened in Arkansas with the laws there that had changed yeah. to take away yes. rights in the capital of Arkansas that then affected the rest of the state to make it, uh, 
to where it was illegal to have gay people as mm-hmm. a protected class because the president of HRC used to have a position in the political uh, climate in Arkansas. That was started getting know. a lot of questioning there. So HRC has been attacked for being not grassroots no, and more yeah, right. uh, entrenched in D.C. And lobbyists. So and, that's where and, that and, happened and, now. And much, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Hillary Clinton being endorsed by the human rights Here's campaign. the thing. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense that they endorse Hillary Clinton because right now a lot of people still see her as a front runner. Um, and in some way she is. And I think uh, them endorsing Hillary Clinton is a good political move on their side. Well, po- but there's, that's the po- the thing. there's the question. That's the thing. They are being very political. They're not being grassroots at all. If they were grassroots, no, they would see, endorse Bernie. I called them or out on, not endorse anyone. I called all. them out on grassroots last yeah. year. Yeah. I don't believe that they are any longer. Um, one of the comments we had from a listener was uh, because Hillary Clinton also got mm-hmm. the Planned Parenthood endorsement. She did. She did yeah. And, uh, so both the HRC and Planned Parenthood should not be endorsing candidates in a primary. It's this action combined with their choice of candidate that makes the claims of being establishment organizations of the Democratic Party accurate. Exactly. I think that listener has a good point. Yeah. The fact the minute you jump in and you say I'm endorsing any organization. I'm endorsing this political candidate. I think you have stepped away from the non-biased mm-hmm. field and you've mm-hmm. jumped into politics. You are being a political entity exactly. in that aspect. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, with you being a political entity that does good work. Mm-hmm. But in that case, you're not necessarily a grassroots, so don't maybe label yourself or identify yourself as that. Just be honest about what you are and what you do. But I agree. I think I think maybe uh, endorsements are always difficult. They are. They are always I always difficult. find it always odd when newspapers political. come out and endorse as well. Yeah. It just seems mm-hmm. like a slippery slope. I'll say that uh, one yeah. of our listeners also said, I feel like the HRC's credibility has been kind of slipping, and it's also very early for them to be endorsing. They typically wait till after the primaries are over. Yeah, right. Um, very good point. Why are they doing it so early? But of course... The HRC's endorsement, we can't be surprised at. Look at, they've been having Hillary at different events doing they speeches have. for they the have. past, like, yeah. four months. So it's not a surprise. I want to talk about Blaine Matthews, or Blaine Stum, I should say, who is running for uh, John Snyder's seat on our city right. council. He well, and, had, and John Snyder has now resigned from his seat. So there's there's the there's open, open seat, seat, and people are applying for it. So he's he's and been one of the applicants. Blaine Stum, he's the head yep. of our... Uh, HRC in Spokane. Spokane. Mm -hmm. Anyways, he had this to say about the endorsement. I think it's all ridiculous, to be frank. Clinton doesn't deserve a nomination from any LGBT rights group, but neither does Sanders. He's been inflating his record well beyond reality and has really only focused on gay and lesbian rights. Now, call me when either one of them stands for the trans community. So he's standing up just saying, hey, I, I feel like Blaine's calling them out on their motivations. Sure. Why why do you want the LGBT, you know, vote now when you haven't had a steady record? Because listen, and Hillary that, of course right. supported Hillary has back in had. Clinton's. Mm-hmm. She has she said last year in April of course that she has evolved in her and everybody's opinions evolve. And um, and, and that makes sense. Sure. Sure. And, and I get her argument. I just maybe don't necessarily see it that way, you know. Well, and this is what I have to say to both mm-hmm. of them. Both of them are politicians. I like yeah. for different reasons. I like them both, Sanders and and mm-hmm. Hillary. I it is too early, and I don't know. I know every and it changes by the week. 
Right. Oh, well, I'm yeah, leaning that's more does, towards yes. either yes. Bernie. I'm leaning more towards Hillary. But the good thing about that is there's options and you get to do what's fun about the political process and look at these candidates really closely to yeah. find out where you stand. The Republicans are not offering us that. They're offering that's us a important. circus. Exactly. So there isn't yeah, an yeah, option. Yeah. It's just crazy or crazy. It's important to remember that. While these candidates are not perfect, Bernie and mm-hmm. Hillary are not necessarily the most ideal candidates in a lot of ways, but and is they are an in ideal every candidate? way better than the Republican candidates <laughs> in every single way. First of all, because at least they support some of the community. At least I they support the community. My dog, Roscoe, is a better candidate <laughs> That's true. than Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, and I, so I'm going to vote Roscoe yeah. if my only options were Donald Trump or... The fire hydrant. I mean, yeah. you're just going to pick. No. So it, it really does, in my opinion, it's just a Democratic race. It is. It is. It really so is. now we're looking and notice now the gloves are off because now we need to get down. This year is all about getting down to the real nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. We've had the pretty. This is my idealistic view from both Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton sure. up until now, because that's the job before we hit primaries. Now it's getting more. If you notice, there's more their version of attack ads. Now that are at, you know, they have really stayed out of criticizing each other for a long time, Mm -hmm. other than little tiny jabs. Now, the jabs are not so, you know, not so tiny. Right. Well, and that's how politics gets down this close Mm -hmm. to the primaries. That's that's really the thing Um, that's happening. And you know what? With good reason. The polls are very close. I mean, all the polls show Bernie leading in New Hampshire, but in Iowa... It's it's neck and neck. There's, I mean, it's hard to tell. Someone will say she's just leading. And Someone will say it's day. Bernie. It's just, different. Talk it's, about changing. It's such a such a you know tug of war right now. So it, because it's so close, they're going to get more and more vicious as politicians do. I don't yes. think that's to say anything against their politics. That's just politics, right? And that's unfortunate. So it's, here's the is, thing. Yeah. Yes, I this whole HRC Planned Parenthood thing. I agree. It it always makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. when endorsements come. From organizations that you don't want to think have to be involved in politics, but let's be honest, look what we just went through with Planned yes, Parenthood on yeah, Capitol Hill. Yeah. It is politics, and it's unfortunate. It's why we have to watch them so closely. It's why I am so hard with my criticisms on the HRC, mm-hmm. because you and I both know the more power something or someone gets, the easier it is for them to slip and it not be about the people anymore. Right. Right. That because the the lines get blurry mm-hmm. and you forget why you why you started. It's the same thing that happens to these young kids who get famous really early and then they've been famous for let's say ten years, twenty years. Their view of reality is askew, and right. so they become a little not in touch. And exactly, not in touch with re- reality Swift. because their reality becomes whatever they kind of want it to be. And that, yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And that's, that's the big issue right now is big politics, big money anywhere, big agra, big pharma. I mean, it's, it's, it's the money that is involved behind everything. And that's what's running the system. And Bernie Sanders, Mm -hmm. into his credit, has helped bring that, although we've all tried at some point or another, and politics has tried to bring that to the spotlight. Yes. You know, most of the time politicians just get it to go away Mm -hmm. because they need, they want that money. Bernie Sanders is the first candidate in a long time who has made it such on so many more people's lips. Yes. For people to, you know, he talks constantly about taking money out of politics, mm-hmm. uh, big money. And I have to say, I don't know yet where I stand. You know, he released his health care plan. I don't know where I stand on that. But I can say this. You have to give him credit 
that he is bringing that forward. Right. Being and, so anti-establishment, mm-hmm. really. And Hillary, I will say, mm-hmm. if you you and I saw the uh, the debates that happened, was it last yes. week? Yeah. Yes, yeah, last um, Sunday. They held their own. Hillary shone pretty good. She kept her composure, and mm-hmm. she was on point. It was that's what I want out of my debate. All it was O'Malley, who always makes me sad. <laughs> uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, and it was a real debate. It was between about all three real of them, issues, about mm-hmm. things that we mm-hmm. should care about as American people. It yep. wasn't the sideshow that happens. This Every year, all it's time, been is yeah. a crazy sideshow mm-hmm. uh, with the Republican Party. So it was nice to see that. This is what I have to say for poor um, O'Malley, Governor O'Malley, who s- refuses to drop out yet. He's going to go until they tell him he's not the candidate. Exactly. He, well, he's a smart guy. Very. This isn't his race. No. And that's the sad thing. I no. think in any other race, he ha- would have a great shot at president. And if you look at his record as governor, governor, yeah. he's, he's a great, great politician. He's, he's a, a great smart leader. guy. He yeah. is. And uh, he'd be a great presidential candidate. But I agree, but he's this not, isn't it. I agree. But he he's won't, not this year. He won't. Or maybe ever. Grasp it. No. He won't. Because look, he had his Iowa event. Yeah. I cry, and I wasn't even there, that one one person showed up yes. to his rally. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. Got to give the guy credit. He's got a lot of balls because he didn't drop out after that. I would have just been like, like at that moment, just like go into hiding. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. How humiliating is that? But the fact is he is a smart guy, but he he's is. not. this isn't his race. He's not going to get the nomination. Mm-hmm. The real race is between Bernie and Hillary, and we all know it. Well, and the fact that, yeah, exactly. The fact that his polls are so low and his re- name recognition is so low and mm-hmm. just his his exposure is so low. I mean, yeah. you, you can't really bank on, you know, being a candidate at all on that kind of foundation. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. It's a, uh, it's, it's about a week from the primaries uh, starting to happen. And so that'll be interesting seeing how that all changes and how that evolves over time. Yeah. And well, this is where, where the rubber this, makes this, the road. Exactly. This is where it all starts Listen, happening. People, we are in the year of the mm-hmm. election. I talked to people who have never voted before and they're going to vote this time. I sincerely I hope so. That, right? I sincerely hope so. I, you know, and I always tell them when they're my friends telling me that, well, then th- this is the every year's the year, but mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, don't, you don't miss this election. No, no. Because if we accidentally elect crazy. And that's and the what thing. Do you bet? It's on you. What it's you on bet? everybody that didn't vote. What do you bet Trump is going to choose Sarah Palin as his running mate? I, and then after I, that endorsement, I, I that's I, the sign I, of the end times. <laughs> if you are religious, yes, I think that then yeah. I might give you some legitimacy that yeah, the world's probably going to end. Exactly. Then then you're like the antichrist is here. I, if you I, listen I, uh, to okay. her endorsement speech in Iowa uh, when she announced her endorsement of it, first of all, you really do need a Sarah yeah. Palin translator. Yeah. Second of all, it's just it's her. It's crazy, mm-hmm. and they they're a perfect match. They are. They're both insane and say crazy things, and they never che- fact check. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I'm yeah. just saying. There are I, other colorful words I could use, but but you know we choose to keep it FCC friendly. Okay, let's take a really quick song break here. Uh, we'll come back. We will talk a little bit about our sports minute this week, and then uh, we will be back with more dish. But this is a song by Yacht, and it's called "I Thought the Future Would Be Cooler." You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is us. We're outspoken. The outspoken boys are happy to be here to support all our wonderful Spokane peeps. And outspoken loves the people that support them. 
Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability. Information online at uuspokane.org or 509-325-6383. Outspoken also receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue, more information is available at 509-747-1621. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. And Outspoken receives support from Mediterrano Restaurant, Mediterranean-inspired cuisine featuring fresh Mediterranean, Persian, and Northwest ingredients, serving lunch and dinner daily and brunch every Sunday. Located in downtown Spokane at 19 West Main Avenue. For more information, 309-3116. We love our supporters. (gasps) Love, love, love. Let's have more. Just call on in. We're good. We'll just let you be supporters. Yeah. Um, That's all. That's really all we have to say. Um, No, Sports Minute. So Sports Minute. We do this every week. We We do. For a minute and, you know, (laughs) plus 20 more talk about sports. And that's as much as, you know, we can get out. But (laughs) we are very excited. These are your outspoken boys. And we're bringing you the CCE Sports Sports Network Network Sports Mm -hmm. Minute. And this week, Sergey, what do we have? So we're going to talk about uh, Gus Kenworthy. He he was an Olympic skier. He is an Olympic skier and was. Sochi Olympics was his big, of course, Mm -hmm. this a couple years ago over Mm -hmm. in Sochi, which was very controversial. Very, with with the LGBT community especially. And, you know, with the dog community as well, too. Yeah, right, because there were were stray dogs everywhere. Well, back then, I mean, that was when it was finally hitting the fan that Russia had their anti-propaganda law. Yes, yeah. Uh, They were jailing gay people. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of violence against the LGBT community there. And here's... Gus Kentworthy, and he's an Olympic skier, and he is in the closet at this time, yes. and he is gay, and he doesn't know what to do when he's right, over there. Right. So he went on Conan O'Brien this mm-hmm. week, and he is, and he talks about his coming out story, and he talks about how he actually struggled because he thought I need to make a statement. You know, I mean, if I get a medal, right, I'm gonna kiss my boyfriend on national television, and that'll tell everyone. And then he had to wait a second, right. Well, because he kind of hadn't told a lot of people, like his parents, like anyone, or his brother, or <laughs> his friends. I'm pretty sure his boyfriend you know. knew, but <laughs> somehow that was, that was it. But he thought, "Oh no, that's probably not yeah. the way to come out." But he, yeah. it was a struggle with him. So, although what a stand, like what what a what a message that would be in right? Sochi, Winter Olympics, winning a gold medal, and coming out like that, and showing right. the world basically, hey, guess what? I don't care. Yeah, because you shouldn't either. It should it, exactly. It's fine. But I think you know he, mm-hmm. he. Let's let's be honest. A coming out when you choose to come out it is your own personal it is. struggle. It is, yeah. Even though we would want these big things, that's not always pertinent to that personal life. There is an Absolutely. actual Absolutely. person involved. So, but what I love is that so he left there wanting to have done that, realizing. Mm-hmm. But then he set himself on a path, and he's like, "No, I need to." to do this right so he started coming out to his friends and his family and he got with espn and he said i want to make a big story i want to make an announcement and they did and of course when it came out we talked about it um it was such a big deal and uh and so now he's saying it was rough but i'm really glad that i did this because Mm -hmm. you know the first action olympic 
uh, person to actually do that. And and I love that he's owning it now. He is. He's all about it. And, and the boyfriend didn't last, but yeah. he's coming out. You know, <laughs> and that's sometimes how it happens. Well, he had to make room for me. Right. So right. You're coming in there, right? I am. Because, hello, remember, it was like yeah. just after he did his coming out story that all of a sudden he was doing like photo shoots where he was shirtless. And yeah. Like, mm-hmm. th- and everybody everywhere just died. I died uh, with mm-hmm. them because they are amazing. He, wow, wow. And <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think that, I know skiers, they yeah. don't have just built oh, bodies he, because yeah. they don't really need he a whole works lot of legs but yeah wow. he, oh he works out on top of it no doubt he one does. of the things he said he was concerned about his fellow uh, olympic skiers and mm-hmm. and uh, what they would think in the sports world and he said of course it's been nothing but a support yeah and so that's amazing yet again we love to celebrate those athletes that mm-hmm. choose mm-hmm. to come out and be open about their personal life um so publicly because they know that it helps a lot of people who are struggling right. don't feel that they right. can. So uh, our hat's off to them. And uh, that's your CCE. That's it. Sports Minute from so the boys. We can talk about sports. And you know what? You're welcome. The athletes that come out and are so public, they're just like us because we're also athletes that come out very publicly. <laughs> right. Exactly. And talk I mean, about. Wait till you see my shirtless photos. Exactly. Mm-hmm. After that bike ride, definitely. It'll be nice. No, It'll see, I, I promise you this: that after the training that we've we will be doing for the what next five months, yeah, um, uh, you will start sweating a lot less when you ride a bike because you'll get so used to it. I'm you'll, ready. You'll be there, Here's, and so then you can ride to work. You'll get there and you'll be like, I didn't even break a sweat. I'm gonna be more mentally prepared this year too because yeah. here's the thing: I last year we trained, we did so well. And then when we finally, it was like the week before yeah. the actual run, we finally went to the actual course, right? Yeah, right? And then that's when they introduced hills that were like the Himalayas. Yeah. There, and was, that a, there changed, was a very extensive hill. That yeah. changed the game <laughs> for me. <laughs> I hadn't, first of all, mentally prepared. Yeah. Or really, we had done some hills, but nothing compared to that mm-hmm. train. So this time, I'm already mentally prepared because I know they're going to throw in some hills on me. They are. And I'm going to have to be ready on that bike because even as a kid, remember yeah. going up those hills and you have to pump those oh, yeah, you do. pedals you do. so hard. Mm-hmm. So at least I'm going to be mentally prepared and up on it. And there you go. we have started a few weeks early. We have. We last st- week it was middle of, or last year, middle of February. Well, yes. Last, last year we waited until it was warm enough to run outside. That was our thing. But this yeah. year you don't have to wait. You don't, no waiting, no waiting this year. Might as well be as prepared as possible. Exactly. Well, and this year, you know what? When we start do, hitting the streets... We'll actually do hill training this year. Yeah, we'll do we, that. I, I need that. Yeah, I think Kurt, we all do. Ready? Yeah. But the good thing about a bike is when you run downhill, you your knees kind of hurt. But when you bike yeah. downhill, it's just full throttle, it's, full speed, go. And that wind in your face oh, feels amazing. Oh, it feels amazing. so good. And it's refreshing. Unless and, yeah. it's this degrees outside. <laughs> then you don't want that wind <laughs> then in your no, face. Then no, don't. Yeah, you don't want that. Nose hairs freeze. We, yeah. You know, if you're 40, you understand what I'm saying. Nose hairs freeze. <laughs> Actually, I've had that happen. I've had <gasps> really? nose hairs freeze, yeah. Wow. Right, I know. Well, I've I've been in some pretty cold places in my life. Russia. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, let's just, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this goes. I know yeah. how it is. No, I hate when, when uh, your mouth kind of freezes over and then you get icicles on your facial hair. Oh. It's just like little little tiny crystals Not going okay. on. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. right. So Bef- don't spend a lot of time outside. <laughs> before uh, we go to a music break, before we have our main guest on, mm-hmm. for celebrity photographer Mike Ruiz, really excited to talk to him. Let's chat a little bit about what the Pope did. The Pope. Oh, yes, this, Pope Francis. Yeah. 
You so, posted this. I did. I did. So Pope Francis, as we know, has been kind of a bit more progressive yeah. in a lot of his stances, uh, especially socially and towards the LGBT community. Um, but now that Italy as a country is putting up to a vote legalizing same-sex marriage. they're the last major the last European mm-hmm. area that needs to yeah. know, come to the, the, the light side. <laughs> yes, come see the light the, finally. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because all other major countries, you're right, have same-sex marriage in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Pope uh, releases a stance that says, well, gay couples marrying isn't part of God's dream. That's that's right. not his ideal, essentially, is what right. he's saying. Which, honestly, is the first time he has been, I guess, as yeah. blatant. He is never... Now, let's be honest. His statements have always proven to lean more our way, right. but he's never blatantly just come out and supported the gay community. He's just been more lenient. He has it. been so, much more lenient. So, you know, lenient. and it has been nice in mm-hmm. his, the whole time he's been Pope, that that has happened a lot, that he yes. was, he refused to condemn and mm-hmm. all of these things. So this, I think the shock of this is because it, it seems like such a hard line yeah. that we aren't typically used to him taking. And it's so, it, it, it basically sounds like he's just kind of changed his mind a little it bit. It has. Well, here's, this is, and I was thinking about this when mm-hmm. I was reading it. First yeah. of all, he's taking such a hard line because that vote, that comes to a vote, I think, within the next couple of weeks. It does. Yeah. So the it's church now. is mm-hmm. trying to make their stance now. This is what I feel like when we, when anyone, they look amazing when they're doing their political campaign mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. president. Look at the the hope that, you know, President Barack Obama did when he was running the first time. You all have that idealistic view. Right. And then right. reality is going to come into set. Because that's why I always say, okay, I'm going to find the one that I like most of what they say. But in the end, I know... It's not going to be 100% there because right. then you come into the reality of office, you come into the reality of pressure, mm-hmm. and of all of these things you forgot are there that are going to to sway you to maybe not be as open sure, sure. about things. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably part of what happened with Pope Francis is he gets in there, listen, the cardinals have a lot of sway they on do. the Pope, whether, you, whether we want to believe it or not. And I think they're like, listen, as a church— we this is our stance. Mm-hmm. Like we've let you go, you know. Yeah, do your speeches, do your yeah, talks. Yeah, we've let that mm-hmm. that happen mm-hmm. and not been too upset. Although there's been some rumblings, but right now this is the stance. And so I feel like he ha- he's been influenced a little bit, and he is still a Catholic pope. And you're right. After all, in the end of the day, he is the pope, a Catholic right. pope who you know historically a lot of the times have not been very supportive of, of a lot of anti. Uh, well, I don't want to say anti-Christian, but not Christian traditionalist communities. Right. And let's face it, it's Catholicism is yeah. not a shock. Any no. religion mm-hmm. is not really a shock when they don't support progressive things or gay people. Yeah. It's not yeah. so it's gonna happen. Now I don't think it means we stop trying to hold these people to a higher standard and say, listen, you're outdated, but to act shocked. Yeah. Is, I think, you know, a little much. I agree. I agree. You can't act shocked. So, yeah, yes, disappointed. Yeah. And it wasn't really expected. It's not like we all knew that, oh, yeah. the Pope's just going to turn around and backstab us like this. Right. But, <laughs> you know. You know. I, is, I feel like a lot of past political leaders have backstabbed us many times. So I'm not, you know, yeah. you get used to it. But it was a very sad state. A lot of people are still like, what are you doing? 
And yeah. we really don't know where Italy's going to fall because That's it true. really is this teeter-totter right mm-hmm. now over there of people who want to push it through and people who are, who, who are staunchly conservative and they don't want it in their country. Right, exactly. And, and, and I mean, I feel like that's kind of the stance in a lot of places that oh, yeah. are... And it's a good thing that it's coming to a vote right now because that's what they need. They need to push it over. And mm-hmm. if it passes, we, we know how it goes. It's going to tend to be more and more and more liberal. Yeah. And uh, eventually, eventually, in, in, in a few decades, it'll be fine. Right. Well... Anytime you make a gigantic, as we're learning yes, in our country, anytime yeah. you make a gigantic change like we have just done with marriage equality, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean the next day oh, <laughs> everything's no, yeah. sunshine and flowers. It means now we have about, you know, 10 years to fight it out. And it's yeah. being fought right in front of us. The law is Every just step day. one. Yeah. Well, step one has happened and now it's going to get ugly for a while. Mm-hmm. And this is what mm-hmm. happens. And honestly, you know, that's why things like the next presidential election are so important. They're huge. Because, do you know how, we've said it a million times, how many laws can be repealed and everything turned over? It's happening in Texas. It happens in Arkansas. It happens in Indiana. And that's true. Yeah. Happens everywhere. That's why you still have to be vigilant. Mm-hmm. You know, as Michelangelo Sr. really said, it's not over yet it is not and so over. that's why this election if you elect maybe one of the other candidates that yeah. aren't democrat <laughs> any of the republicans most really. likely will lose well and how many more. of them how many of them have stated publicly that they will do everything they can mm-hmm. to to reverse marriage yep. equality to right. reverse you know obamacare reverse right. any of these Big initiatives, all the gun controls, all the executive orders, exactly. they want to take us all these steps back. Right. And even though to That's their plan. us that boggles our mind, yeah. it's an actual thing that happens in Washington y- yeah. all the time. Even yeah. in our own state, there are laws that are going to be voted on that can repeal some of our rights here. Absolutely. It, there even are. in a progressive state like mm-hmm. Washington, it can happen here. So that's why it's important that we are vigilant even after the big win. And that we go and vote. That's the, just be active about it. You know, I had a conversation uh, with someone this week because I said that uh, somehow I mentioned that I went to, I'm not going to say who, but I went to a political uh, site and donated money to a candidate that I believe in. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was important to me and I believe in them. So I donated. It wasn't, I mean, it's, it, I'm not going to donate $1,000. I don't have $1,000, yeah, but I, I donated money to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they were so interested in the fact that I had spent money on a political candidate. And we mm-hmm. had a whole conversation about why I did that and right. why I think more people should. Because when you believe in someone or a cause, you can't just vote for them. Your vote counts. But for your vote to count even more, you have to go do something. Yeah. You have to talk about it. And even more, you have to donate some money because yeah. that directly goes to their campaign. That directly goes to funding right. You know everything that they do. So... Um, I encourage everyone out there. Right, and... $5, $10, 15 20 It's one of the ways donate. you can get big money out of politics is exactly. to do what a, someone like Sanders has done, which yeah. is only take private money. Exactly. Only right. take people who... And, and let the dollars here and there add up to him being able to do his campaign. Exactly. It's the only way we can do that. And any of your candidates you are you can donate to. And here's the thing. I think the key of what you said there is do something. Do something. You Absolutely. have to otherwise nothing changes. And it doesn't. And you can sit there complaining all you want about how my vote doesn't count. I can't change this. Uh, so I can't do this. But it's because you and so many other complicit people are just sitting there doing mm-hmm. nothing. Exactly. And not voting and not yeah. donating and not even taking action like 
hey, let me go and get involved in the community. Let me go see what the community needs. It mm-hmm. starts on a local level and it grows to a national. Exactly. I mean, it's the candidate. I mean, it's the candidate. It's the conversation that's happening yeah, right, right now right. with Hillary Clinton. The yeah. difference between some people take it as she's the easy vote because it's it's uh, business as usual. Yep. It's, it is. you know, she knows how the system works. She, she works plays within the, game. the system. Yeah. And then yeah. you have another candidate like Sanders who has a lot of broad ideas. Mm-hmm. It's why he's been called a democratic socialist. A lot of ideas that aren't necessarily welcomed by right, other right. people in his party. And so you have to be here and go, how do I change something? It's a legitimate conversation to say... You know, who, what candidates do I support and what are they going to do to actually progress change? What are they actually going to happen? The one thing we can do to actually progress change is to talk about it, have those conversations like you Mm -hmm. had with your friend, talk about it on the show. If you have money, put it forth to who you believe in. Absolutely. You know, yes. do you think yes. I would? I would imagine one of the criticisms I, that we've seen in our Facebook page, I would think would come to you. Do you think that you have put your money where your math, mouth is a little too soon? Me? Yeah. No, absolutely not. I think it, in my case, I think right now is the time and the time to you know to support this person because. Um, primaries are right here. Primaries mm-hmm. are right here. Well, some people would argue, wait till after the primary so you know if your dog is in the fight. You know what? You know and what here's I mean? the thing. That's true. That's true. But in order for your dog to get in the fight, you do have to support them beforehand. And that's I think, a good I point think, as well. I think that, yes, you, can, you should support them after you know for sure. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in order for them to get there for sure, they need your support early. Right. There's no reason I can't go and, you know, three months later say, okay, well, you're here. Let me give you more money. Right. Get there, you right. know? I, I definitely I'm I and you know me. I love politics. I yeah. love getting involved with that. So I'm always very supportive of who I believe in. Right. And you know, our current uh governor, Jay Inslee, I donated to him when he was running way back when. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, it's 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 the getting involved part that I think is way more important. But right. you're right, you you do have to kind of time it, well, but it's a conversation. It I is. don't think there's a, a right or wrong, but it's a fascinating conversation yeah. saying. Now, yeah. I'm just going to make you our political guest right now because I find you are very much in politics. Mm-hmm. I am somewhat. Mm-hmm. So you have more uh, insights. So I love getting your thought process. What do you think the odds are? Now, Hillary's been here before. Yeah. We're really at the spot where everything changed for her when she was yeah. up against in, President Obama. Way, yeah. And there, all the talk then was, okay, she lost the nomination. Mm-hmm. It went to Barack Obama. So everybody was like, why doesn't he tap her to be VP? Right, we don't know right. how that conversation went or if he asked, but we do know that she wasn't and she said she wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. What do you think? So she finds herself in the same situation. Same boat. Yeah. Is she gonna, it's going to be a tough fight right up until the end. Let's say she doesn't get the nomination. First of all, what do you think the odds are that Bernie's going to tap her to be vi- to be VP? And if so, what do you think the odds are that she would yet again turn it down? You know, I don't think the odds are very high that Bernie would even ask her. Yeah. I don't think that Bernie would ask her at know. all. I think Bernie would look for someone who is definitely more along his lines mm-hmm. of, I want to change the game. I want to be Who do you think is on his shortlist? Right now, you know, I can't I have, find anyone. I have no idea who is on his shortlist. Right. Absolutely zero. Maybe he could... No, and and I feel like I feel like it would be either someone who's very left leaning, Mm -hmm. very left leaning Democrat, or an independent candidate that's already been running in an independent state before, uh, as as Bernie had been an independent. I think it's going to be a surprise uh, either way. What Mm -hmm. do you think? If the opposite is true, do you think Hillary will? Well, obviously in the past, what happened with the Obama administration Mm -hmm. is they got her to be 
secretary, right. Madam Secretary, right, um, <laughs> Madam Secretary. Would she put? Would she? Do you think she would ask him to be in cabinet? You know, I don't think. I I think I think. Here's the thing. I think that Obama and Hillary were uh, close enough on their stances that they could work with each other. Mm-hmm. That they would. Um, Bernie and Hillary are. Although in the same in the same side of the fight, they're very opposites. Right. They they are but in the chances essence, of opposites. him being able to fill a cabinet with. I could see him finding someone close to him as a VP. That's true. But to be able to fill a cabinet with, with a bunch of Bernies is going to no, no, be no. very difficult. Well, and the thing is, I think Bernie recognizes the fact that he has to work with a lot of people who aren't going to agree with him. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that every president should. You yeah. know, understand that's that that's how they that's how well, George see, Washington did it. He filled his cabinet with people he wouldn't agree with right. because he wanted all sides of it. That's how many people have mm-hmm. done it before as presidents. Right. And so I think that uh, it'd be it'd be wise of Bernie to fill the cabinet with people he doesn't agree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily think that that person is Hillary, though. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait as we as it comes gonna closer, be we're going to find more and more information. We're going to find the boys talking more and more about it. So it'll yeah. be fun. Why don't we take a quick break before Let's we bring in the art the photographer, the actor, the model himself, Mike Ruiz, to the second hour of Outspoken. Let's do it. Let's play a song by Mike Snow, and this is going to be a song called Animal. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and it's us, your Outspoken Boys. We are back. Very excited to be here. We are. So we are going to welcome our guest for today, Mike Ruiz. He is your celebrity photographer. Well, maybe not your celebrity photographer, but he is a celebrity photographer. (laughs) Uh, He's been a photographer for a a long time now. He's been a director, television personality, former model, spokesperson, creative director, actor, fashion designer. He's amazing. And so we're going to go stalk him until he's our photographer. Until he is our celebrity <laughs> photographer. He is here. Mike Ruiz, are you there? I am here. Hi. Hello, hello. Welcome to Outspoken. Thanks for taking time. Now, I hear you have uh, avoided successfully the snowstorm back in your neck of the woods in the New York area. Yeah, I've been, I've been, it's been on my tail since, um, you know, since it started. I literally, it was the last flight out from my terminal. Oh, wow. All you... flights after mine were canceled, yeah, and the snow was just starting to come down, so we got out, like, right in the nick of time. Yeah, uh, so, so where are you hibernating now? <laughs> in sunny Los Angeles, and then I'm, I'm to Miami, Good. and hopefully by the time I get home, the snow will be gone. Right, yeah, I think yeah. you've planned that well, sir. Yeah, very, very well. <laughs> it would be unfortunate to, to be stuck there. Now, Let's start. Let's start at the beginning, uh, shall we? You moved here uh, when you were twenty, three hundred dollars in your pocket, and you made something of yourself. How how was the, how did that work? Three hundred dollars moving down. Where From do you Canada. go to? From Canada. <laughs> well, there's um, there's a several year period um, of which is kind of a blur. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm not exactly sure, but what, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I figured it out, you know, yeah. I'm the kind of person that just always lands on my feet somehow. And, you know, I, I've been in a lot of really precarious situations mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I always get out of them unscathed and, you know, moving, moving to the U S with, without any money and without a plan really, um, you know, is probably intimidating to most people, but, you know, I always, I always welcome the challenge and, and some, you know, somehow I figured it out. You know I mean? I, I, I was couch surfing for a while and then I, you know, I got like waiting jobs and I started working at Bloomingdale's yeah, yeah. and, yeah. you know, spritzing fragrance and, and, <laughs> and then I just, I started modeling and, you know, and it just, 
things just kind of like led into each other and and um you know before you know it mm-hmm. i was um shooting and yeah uh, and that's you've... kind of where my well, where my you know where my calling was and that's where i put all of my effort and um you know it came to you know, my, my hopes and dreams all came to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> you are the American dream. You know, you've been known to say that hey, you realize that you've been lucky and you know that you've probably in your past been like two decisions away from disaster the whole time, but mm-hmm. you've been able to get out of it. What does a now, were you out at the time you came to the U.S. and what, how do you stumble? First of all, how do you find your footing in a, a you know, a place you've never been? And, and how do you stumble into modeling at that time? Um, how do I find my footing? Um, well, yeah, first of all, I, I was out when I, when I, you know, I, I came out at 17 and I moved to the States in my early twenties mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I was way out by then. <laughs> and, um, I just, how did I end up on, I mean, I, I, you know, it's something that I, I thought about, you know, when I was, when I was growing up, of course I was like an overweight ethnic kid. And, you know, I mentioned it to a couple of people that I trusted and, they shattered my trust by laughing their asses oh, off at me. Wow. Um, so uh, you know, I just you know, and I was I used to I always took that as a challenge. You know, when people tried to mm-hmm. deter me from things, some people let it discourage them, and I I always used that stuff to empower me. Um, and I think it goes back to my rebellious stage with my with my dad. My dad was you know he was always browbeating me, saying that you you're going to have to do a lot of things in life that you're not going to like. And, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, wait a minute, uh, you know, I don't I don't think that's the case. I'm really and you know I remember telling myself that I'm not going to do anything ever that I don't want to do. Right. Um, and you know I mean of course in the in the quest for things that I did want to do. You know, you do have to do things you don't want to do. Sure, sure. But, um, like, I think his plan was, like, you're, you know, you're going to have to just, your whole life is going to be spent doing stuff you don't want to do. Right, Because right. that's just the nature of life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, right. that's the nature of your life. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the case. Yeah, that you, was you his can't truth. just settle. Yeah. yeah, that was his truth, not your truth. Exactly. Well, and you didn't settle. I mean, you you moved after your modeling career to try acting in Los Angeles. That wasn't so much your calling. When did you realize that that's not that's not what you wanted to do? That you know you wouldn't you weren't going to do something you didn't want to do. Then it was it was pretty immediate. I just yeah. figured that that was. I knew that I wanted to work in entertainment sure, in some sure. capacity. Um, so I just like, you know, I was a model. I didn't have any other training. I just assumed, well, you know, the, the natural segue, if I want to be in entertainment is to, to try my hand at acting. And, okay, you know, yeah. I'd been asked to do a couple of parts in like indie films and stuff. So it seemed like that, so that was the kind of thing that, that might've unfolded pretty easily if I would have, if I would have really been passionate about it. But, you know, I just wasn't, I, I, you know, and of course I, I, I also had crippling stage fright. I couldn't. You know, I'd hyperventilate every yeah. time I go into an audition. Oh, <laughs> oh no! That was, yeah, it was it was sad. <laughs> I mean, I lo- I look back at myself. You know, it was weird. Like I I don't understand like how I was able to overcome that. That was like my biggest obstacle that I had to overcome. I think is is just getting over like fear of being judged and. Because I yeah. was going to say, yeah. you're way past that now, because you have no fear. You're on so many TV <laughs> shows, and I mean, I think yeah. you have conquered it successfully. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that's where it comes from. You know, it's just confronting your fear yeah. always. Yeah. Um, and is the best way to over overcome them. So I think that's what I did. I always knew that if I was in a situation and I felt really uncomfortable, that means that I that meant that I had to push through and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I always found that you know like I, I I'm you know being on the other side of it thinking you know what was I so afraid of right. Well, um, it's it's so, outside of yeah. yeah, it's outside of your comfort zone that you start growing and you start becoming more and more of you know who who you want to be, rather than yeah. something you have to be. So right. let's let you know. I feel like this is that old TV show. This is your life as we make you go through all of your history here. But <laughs> then comes that fateful day where under a Christmas tree is this camera mm-hmm. that. I mean, honestly, as I would say, must have changed your whole life. Uh, can you tell us about that moment yeah. and what, you know, you talk about how you spent, you taught yourself, you know, you you jumped in with both feet and you taught yourself the technique and it took you a while, but you were so, why were you so passionate from that very moment you opened that, that box? Um, I, I, you know, I always tell people that, you know, I had no inclination prior to, getting that camera and you know which which to a certain degree like intellectually maybe is true you know maybe i thought that i didn't have any inclination but mm-hmm. you know i mean i obviously had like a creative a creative voice that that i didn't have an outlet for and that that camera sort of i mean that camera did give me that outlet and it was like a spigot that i just couldn't ever turn off um so that's that's basically that's what it was, you know. That camera was just a catalyst for for creating a voice for me to, you know, to express whatever creative mm-hmm. ideas and mm-hmm. stuff that I that I had. Um, so it wasn't so like you know this big epiphany. I mean, I, I did have repressed feelings of, you know, un- unrequited feelings of of wanting to express creativity, um, and then the camera just allowed me to do that. And that's why, like, it was so immediate. You know, as soon as I opened the camera, I started shooting stuff, and I just became consumed with it because I, in hindsight, I, I guess I realized that that was the, that was the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's, that was the, uh, you know, the, the... I, I know, I do this all the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, that, that, was, that was, like, the avenue for me to... to, to do everything yeah yeah that i've ever wanted to do basically that basically kick-started your entire career going on and and from then you know you've you've done vanity fair articles you've done you've worked with these great magazines great celebrities been on shows like america's next top model rupaul's drag race those experiences did you ever you know look back and think well if i hadn't tried to do the camera or if i hadn't gotten this camera where would you be you know do you ever look back on that and just evaluate your life like that oh constantly i mean there isn't a day that goes by that i don't i don't feel like like such a sense of you know like that that i i you know i escaped a life of Mm -hmm. i mean i i mean i i just i you know i I escaped a life that 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 i i would have been miserable in you know, by the hair of my chin, because it was, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, didn't go to college. I didn't have the guidance. You know, my parents were very blue collar. They didn't expose me to the arts or anything. So, like, there really was no reason for me to, you know, to yeah. not continue yeah. in their footsteps, um, which would have been, you know, crushing for me. So, like, I just, I always feel like such a sense of, like, 
like gratitude that I was, you know, that I got that camera and that I, I was able to create basically a whole life for myself from, you know, from this device. Right. And you have, I mean, obviously, you know this, but you have photographed people like Katy Perry, Prince, Kathy Griffin, which I remember seeing that on my life on the D-List. It was brilliant. Um, Kim Kardashian, and even to Betty White. And what's fascinating about your your photographic eye is it's very distinct. You have a very distinct point of view that is, you know that it's Mike Ruiz who's doing it. You have this fantastical eye, this, this, I don't know, it's, it's in another realm when you see the pictures that you have done. How... Do you keep that creativity? And with, as you said, growing up blue collar, not exposed to the arts, how did that develop inside of you, this very artistic eye when you approach photography? I think that sort of thing is, is, is wiring. You know, I mean, it's obviously an amalgamation of, of mm-hmm. everything that I've ever been exposed to. Um, and, and I remember when I started modeling and I started traveling internationally, and, you know, I, I just... I, I consumed like every, you know, everywhere I went, I went to every museum, I went to every cultural event. I, you know, like I was, I was clearly starved for it. And I think that's just the way I was wired, you know, because my, you know, I have two siblings and they're, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're well-educated and, but, but they're not, they weren't as ravenous for, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know, to consume creatively as, as I was. Um, and I, I, you know, I just attribute that to, to wiring, you know, like, my brain chemistry <laughs> or synapses or yeah, something. Yeah, right. Um, it's just innately a part and, of um, you know by by consuming all of that stuff. In that invariably, you know, inevitably, you know, you 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 know, you process it in your brain, and then you you kind of regurgitate it. You know, especially if you're a creative, you know, things manifest that you've seen or done or experienced. You know, in your art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, and that just doesn't stop. It keeps on going. And for you, that I mean, you. You're a photographer. You create all these amazing images, but then you go on and you know start your own fashion line. You you love fashion, and uh, that creativity transitions into that. What was what was that like? You know, starting your own t-shirt line and working with fashion designers to create something different than photography that you have been doing for so long, uh, and trying a new element of creativity and art. What was what was that experience for you? It was. It was experimental, you know. It was all experimental. Yeah. You, you, you know, because a lot of creative people just, you know, it's not, it's not limited to, to one form. You know, you, when you're creative, you just, it just kind of spills over into everything you do. You know, the way you decorate your house, sure, the, yeah. You know, the way you dress, um, and I just, you know, it was one of those things that I was I was experimenting with. I thought, well, you know, you know, because I'm I'm so inspired by fashion that you know it'd be great to, to kind of come up with my own you know, you know, my own ideas of, of, of what I would like to see created and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I found that, that, um, it, you know, it was one of those things that it wasn't, it wasn't really my outlet. Okay. I mean, I enjoyed it for the time that I did it, but I didn't see myself doing it hmm. for a long term, you know, and it was just a short lived thing. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the extraneous stuff that I did outside of photography, um, was, it was all like creative experimentation sure, and, sure. um, and I came to realize that that photography specifically is the way my brain needs to communicate ideas, and it's not through fashion, and it's not through, you know, acting or being on TV in any way. So I kind of stopped doing all of that stuff, and I redirected all of my energy back into photography, and I've been doing that for 
a couple of years now. And, um, you know, and I find that to be the most gratifying. You know, and I have to tell you, one of the things I find most fascinating about you, obviously, I've, I've followed you for a while. I'm, n- I'm not a 20-year-old anymore. But <laughs> I, what I find fascinating, you're on a lot of, a lot of our listeners are going to know you from, like, doing the photography on RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, America's Next Top Model, and those things. So you've done reality shows. And then, of course, uh, any of us who saw you on the A-list, I believe you were on two seasons there. One of the things that's always struck me about you is... How you you seemed sane, you know. You were very you you were able to keep your integrity in like the A list. You didn't. Uh, so many in reality shows go a little crazy, um, and that's mm-hmm. of course we put front and center. But you've always taken your role as a role model so seriously. I mean, you're known to be very philanthropic. You know, uh, Gaiman's Health Crisis. It gets better. Trevor Project. Glad. Just a ton of things. You take your responsibility as being a good human being and being a role model to to people that are looking at you so seriously why is it so important for you to give back in that way and to be you know a man of integrity like you are it's it comes from it comes from gratitude i mean it comes from you know from from, first of all from you know from knowing kind of who i am and not succumbing to you know like in in the context of reality tv of not succumbing to the pressure of of having to perform in a certain way because you're on a reality show right um mm-hmm. you know and it comes it comes from, from you know and so like i i always thought that you know by by being visible in that way that that i would you know that i i needed to use it responsibly and not to be reckless with it and and that comes from from being grateful for you know for having you know, made it slip through the gates, um, you know, and, and not be left behind. You know, I always, I always, I always, um, think to that movie, I, when I was a kid, I saw the movie, the Pied Piper and, and mm-hmm. it, it culminates with, you know, all the kids going through the gate and the gates closing slowly and they're all following the Pied Piper. And then the kid left behind was the gimp, you know, he didn't make mm-hmm. it through the gates. And I remember always feeling sorry for the gimp because he didn't make it through the gates. But, but in hindsight, I, I, you know, as an adult, I think, that kid was the lucky one because, you know, he didn't, you know, because I mean, I mean, if you know the story of the Pied Piper, mm-hmm. basically he was, you know, a, a murderer and a, a, a pedophile. Right? <laughs> I mean, the yeah. true story of the Pied Piper. So basically he was luring all those kids to, you yes. know, to their demise. Yes. And the one who left got left behind. So I was kind of like compared myself to, you know, from that point forward to, to the kid who was left behind. And, and, you know, I'm so grateful that, like, I had the childhood that I had. It wasn't yeah. perfect. And, you know, I had a lot of hardships. And and um, and all of that stuff gave me the strength to, um, you know, to to make the life that I have for myself. And I'm extremely grateful for that. And I just I just want to let those other kids who, who feel like not making it through the gate is a bad thing. Right. To let them know that it's, it could possibly be the best thing that could ever happen to them. That's amazing. I, I there I know there are listeners out there who are inspired, you know, are aspiring to do all of these great things and that's exactly what they need to hear because so many of us don't, you know, like you said make it through the gates. We don't have a perfect childhood. We don't have a lot of the things other other kids have. So, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh you you nailed it when you said um in that that conversation you said you know who you are. And I think that is where it's at. It's I think for me when I look at you and you know and think about how you're able to to seem a lot saner than a lot of those celebrities because you have this amazing almost surreal life. 
uh, from the outside of those of us looking in. And I think it's because you do have this sense when you talk to you that you know who you are. And so is that why you're also able to have a personal life that isn't, you know, that the, the celebrity craziness doesn't, I feel like you have two very distinct lives and your personal life is yours. And it's been, you know, it's treated you pretty well. Do you think that's why? Because you, you have these two worlds and you don't let them affect each other? Oh, uh, for sure. I, I was always, I mean, you know, for, first of all, I just want to clarify that, you know, I don't, I don't have the kind of celebrity that requires a huge amount of effort to keep my private life private. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not like, you know, I'm not Julie Roberts, you know, I'm not hounded by the paparazzi, you know, but, um, but I, always, I was always very cognizant of, of not, you know, stuff that's mine, you know, because it's not really essential to the, a lot of stuff that I do is essential that I put out that I make public, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, my, my effort to, you know, I lately I've been doing a lot of stuff with, with PETA and, you know, animal mm-hmm. rights organizations yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, so that that's the kind of stuff like I'm in, I find important to voice. But you know, stuff about my personal life. You know, like a I don't think anyone's really interested, and b um, it's it's it doesn't benefit anybody to know you know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's you know it's always, I've always made an effort to not to not put my private life public like post you know, like selfies of me and my partner. I mean, I have, I do. I mean, I'm not, it's not, you know, nothing that I'm keeping hidden. It's just that I don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel it's necessary to, to put all your stuff out there. Right. And I think that's the problem with social media is that, is that it's created a culture of that is like everyone, everyone has to create this alter, you know, this alter life that, you know the, this perception of of like what kind of like fabulous life they're leading, you know, yeah. which is which is, I don't know. I mean, there's there's I, I I'm just like torn with with social media. I mean, it has benefits, but right, you know, it also is creating this weird culture of 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 not living sincerely. Right, right. You know, Liv- l- yeah, living to share and show everybody how you live essentially is what we're doing. We're all creating yeah, but our it's, own it's, reality. It's controlled, you know, it's yeah. controlled. You 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 know, you're you're only letting people see what yeah. you want to see and it's fine, you know, that cuz that's basically what I'm saying that I do. You know, I mm-hmm. only I only put the stuff out there that I find is important and beneficial to people, but um I think I think people who don't have like that kind of platform just feel like they, they have to, I don't know. I mean, I have like all kinds of theories about what social media is doing to right. to our culture, but um, well, that, it, that's a whole other show. <laughs> right. Oh, we could do a few shows. Well, one of it is, I think that uh, social media can tend to separate us. It can tend to, by creating this, you know, microwave meal of this is my life. It's hard to make a personal connection on what's true about you to actually mm-hmm. connect as human beings on an authentic level, because we have come to learn that we're supposed to make our life look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then if right. you if you are a person who comes from pain or you're going through a lot and you're trying to hide from that, you don't work on making sure that you own yourself and, and you're so worried about what other people think that I think that's where it breaks down and we can't make a human connection anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I think it comes down to what you said, you know, knowing who you are. It's the the only true compass you have. And uh, if you haven't right. developed who you are, that's when social media becomes dangerous. 
Exactly. You articulated <laughs> wow. what I was trying to say. <laughs> I that, will that's... be your interpreter anytime you need. I'll fly over right now. <laughs> yeah, I, get, I get a little long-winded sometimes. Hey, we, thank you for that. Happens, we love it. And I do want to uh, mention really quick, you mentioned your work with PETA. Uh, you had rescued a pit bull, um, and I'm not sure yeah. how long ago that was. And I know you talk... The love that that was opened up in your heart for really changed things for you, right? Because you became an activist for for animals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was always conscious of it, but never. But you know, kind of like the you know like the you know weekend sort of activist. You know, but right. you know, like adopting this this dog who you know who I have such a profound connection with just makes makes me realize you know like if i have this connection with this dog and he he's as cognizant as he is and self-aware as he is and is able to change a human being's life to the extent that he's changed mm-hmm. mine mm-hmm. then you know all these other animals have that potential too exactly you know to diminish them yeah, to right. uh some kind of use for human consumption mm-hmm. only it's just you know it's being it's harder and harder for me to you know, to accept. Sure. Like I, I'm, right. I'm, right. you know, I'm slowly moving into, you know, like I, I don't, I mean, I'm not, you know, a hundred percent vegan and I'm not, right. you know, but I don't, I can't, like, I just can't wear, I can't wear leather anymore. I can't even wear wool anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah I've right. seen like what they do to poor, you know, to cheat. Yeah. Well, then um, it's a, it's a, res- brutalize yeah. them and yeah. murder them. And Absolutely. It's just, oh, it's horrible. It's just, you know, and these it's are awful. animals that have like, you know, self-awareness. You know, I think I think you know as, as technology and and you know all of that stuff progresses, you know we're going to come to, you know to understand like the brain capacity of a lot of mm-hmm. animals, even though they don't speak, they have like a self awareness. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's going to really change the moral compass of of how we treat animals. Yeah. Well, I I certainly um, it's hope have so. To. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's arrogant of uh, the human race to think that we are the only ones worthy of being treated with respect. Yeah, and it comes yeah. down to the respect. Exactly. Absolutely. If right. you could sum up to, let's say you're talking to these, and I'm, I know you give lots of motivational speeches out there, um, you're talking to these kids in our neck of the woods up in the Pacific Northwest, and they're lost right now, and they hear mm-hmm. your voice and your and, and your journey and how you have owned yourself really for most of your life. What advice can you give them if they're feeling a little lost right now? Um, the best, I mean, the best, I mean, it's it's all stuff that's been said a hundred times, you know, sure. like, you know, like the the idea that, that things get better, you know, they they will get better if you if you make them better is the thing. That's, that's, the, that's the part of it that most people don't say. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, that tell tell the tell you know a lot of the youth that you know it's just going to get better on its own, but you know it doesn't get right. better on its own. It gets mm-hmm. better if you make it better. Exactly. And um and that's it's it's such a difficult thing too because like teens like by nature the way we the way we've evolved you know that's when you start like um you know like asserting independence from your parents. Therefore, right. you gravitate towards groups and other mm-hmm. other social mm-hmm. circles. And and so it's very difficult because you're between like you're between support systems, so you kind of latch on to whatever and like the 
the social circle of a teenager is so important to them, it's hard to tell them like, oh, don't listen to what your peers are saying. You know, they, you know, but because because basically that's how our mind works. You know, they sure, they need sure. to know that they're accepted by right that they belong know, their peers. Mm-hmm. So you know, just I mean, I think just understanding all of that, just understanding the science of like brain chemistry and how we evolved and stuff. I think has a lot of value. That's how I, I, um, I'm able to process a lot of stuff, you know, like infidelity and, mm-hmm. and, you know, like if a relationship doesn't work out, I mean, the reality is, is, you know, our brain chemistry, the way we've evolved is to, is to perpetuate the species. Right. Um, and it's not, you know, it's, it's, some people can manage it, but it's, I mean, I hate to say this, but it's, you know, scientifically it's counterintuitive to, mm-hmm. you know, to think that you could have, a, a lifetime relationship with someone beginning at the age of 20 until you're 90. Right. I mean, right. very, very, very few people are able to sustain that from, like, a brain chemistry, you know, exactly. point of view. You stop producing oxytocin. Oh, anyway, that there's, there's <laughs> yeah. like, an, a fourth show right there. But, <laughs> okay, we're just, but, uh, you're uh, like, just going to be a regular. You know, like, I've just, I've yeah. just researched a lot of this stuff, like how, yeah. how the brain works and how it works in the context of, love and social acceptance and all of that stuff. And, and if you understand how the brain works, I think, I think it makes it so much easier to um, navigate all of this stuff. And it does. Yeah, exactly. And to be able to look at it in, uh, in a logical sense can Mm -hmm. make all the difference. I've decided that you have to be like our panel guest, like once a month, because we have a lot of shows. There's so much content (laughs) going on. I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah, I, I have, I have a lot of a lot of thoughts and theories and and, and stuff that's based in fact. You sure, know, sure. Um, see, that's that. Okay, this is. I mean, I don't know how much time I have left, yeah. but I just <laughs> want to say that you know that's. I think that's the big problem. Mm-hmm. Is just people take everything at face value. Mm-hmm. You know, like our society's taught us that we have to do this, we have to get a job, we have to work until we retire. Yeah. You know, we just we just, and we just accepted this for face value, but exactly. it's counterintuitive to how we've evolved. Mm-hmm. Exactly, all of it. Yes, yeah. You know, we capitalism we... and hoarding and taking mm-hmm. more than you need and all of that stuff is yep. counterintuitive to to the community. You know, because we are meant to survive communally, not not by taking everything for ourselves sure. and leaving sure, nothing yeah. for everybody else. Exactly, and, and that's so. So capitalism is, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, it's I'm hard. Sure it's gonna, not. I'm sure Sarah Palin's going <laughs> to ring me, but, <laughs> but we won't understand what is, she's saying anyway. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So I and it is hard to make a sustainable society on those things. I agree. We we grow up mm-hmm. with a list of rules that we just accept blindly and forget mm-hmm. that uh, you know I'm. Even though I grew up in the son of a Baptist minister, the one thing my dad gave me was to always question authority, authority mm-hmm. and rules, even though he hated mm-hmm. that he taught me that later. But it is the one thing that we forget that we need to do is is yeah. question everything and find out what is truly truth to us. And if we would all mm-hmm. find out what's true to us, I think our lives would be a lot easier. Mr. Ruiz, uh, thank you so much for taking time to talk about all of these things. We're probably going to stalk you and have you back on in the future. We'll definitely have to. I would, I would love yeah. that. That's a, I'm just the, getting going. I know. <laughs> I was like, wow, I had no idea we could actually, let's just have two hours of coffee talk with yeah, Mike right. Ruiz. It there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but Anytime. thank you. I thank you so much. Uh, you definitely deserve all the accolades you've been given. And it's just uh, uh 
it's a good example to not only the kids, but to everybody out there trying, struggling with how they can live who they are and own themselves. So, uh, Mike Ruiz, we wish you all more continued success in the future. And we'll talk to you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. And that was Mike Ruiz. He is world-renowned celebrity photographer, model, even a director. He's worked with the likes of Katy Perry, Prince, Kathy Griffin, and RuPaul's Drag Race. He has all of um, those people. Making people look fabulous with a very distinct eye. You can check out more about Mike Ruiz at MikeRuiz.com. That is R-U-I-Z. So watch for him. He's on the cover of everything. Someone he shot has been taking photos of. That's has true. Been on the cover That's true. And almost all the and magazines. so smart. He is. He has a lot of opinions to I like say. Him. I like it. I want to talk more. We are going to take a quick song break here. We're going to be listening to Macklemore's Same Love uh, because in uh, a few minutes, we're going to be talking about Macklemore's new song, which actually we can't play. He hasn't released a radio edit yet. So we're just going to you know, call it good. It's amazing, though. Check it out. Welcome back to KYRS Medical Expo Canada 8.1 and 92.3 FM. This I'm not is outspoken. crying on Sundays. Yeah. I don't, I, rarely don't. do I cry on Sundays. Well, because you're listening to us. Exactly. Outspoken. Can we just say, unless yep. you live under a rock, on Friday, this past yes. Friday, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis released White Privilege 2, two yes. which is the first White Privilege was out about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and you text me and you're like, Please, Please listen. listen to the song. Yes. It was important to you that we yeah. talk about it. I listened to the song and oh, I, I hear I, you. Yeah. I would have loved to play. We both would have loved to play it. Oh, there's, not, yes. there's not a radio. Edit. When the moment that there is a radio edit, we're going to play it on here. Um, yes. Please go listen to it. It is uh, on YouTube. You could, you should buy it uh, wherever yeah. you buy music. Whether I bought that's it on iTunes, iTunes right away. Yeah, exactly. Go buy it because it is an important and amazing song. And it is not, so like you amazing. said, it is obviously when you listen to it, yeah. it is not written to be a pop hit. Yeah, it's not. It's not downtown, no. which I love. That was great. Yeah. And, do, and Macklemore does those. He does great yes. pop music, yeah. rap, Poppy mainstream. Tags, yeah, everything. No. This is not it. This, this is, is a cultural a commentary. Well, then a lot of if you if you like uh, Macklemore and you listen to his previous album, you know that ninety percent of his songs are comments, are part, are real conversations. They're On part of real life. Mm-hmm. This one is uh, about you know the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, the movement about what's going on with actual racism right now. Yes, what and how, listen, we have to talk about it. Yes, it's uncomfortable. It reminded me a lot of what um, Starbucks did last year. I think it was about June of last year when they did that uh, race with us where they did Let's Start a Conversation because Ferguson yeah. had happened, yes, Berkeley yes, had happened, yes, yes. Baltimore's going on. And and they wanted to, they said, we want to do a social thing. We want to make a social movement and a social stand and say, we want to talk about this. Well, the yeah. backlash they received because people didn't want to talk about racism. They wanted mm-hmm. us as all people, all nationalities, all creeds, all colors yes. of skin to talk about this real issue that was happening that uh, there's this Black Lives Matter, which exactly. is really what it's about even exactly. before the movement was right. was named. Right. And they got a lot of, of crap for it. Well, Mike mm-hmm. Lamore, is well aware that he's expecting a backlash as well. And he, he got knows it. it. He, he knows got it. it with same love. Yes, he did. When people were like, you're capitalizing on the yep. LGBT community. How right. dare you? He knows it's happening again. But what I love about this song mm. is he walks you through his same struggle. 
He's at a Black Lives Matter event and he's telling he is, himself, yeah. I shouldn't be here. When they say Black Lives Matter, I don't say anything because I don't know if I should. Right. What am I allowed to do? Although he feels very moved and compelled to have exactly. this conversation. And you, you, you listen to the song and you, you hear his mental struggle. It you is do. about his mental struggle. And he says, you know, uh, I don't know what to do because we're not free. But then he says, but then I realize we're, we're not, not we. we. Am I on the outside looking in or am I the on inside the inside looking, looking out? out? And oh, I, I right, love the right, song. Right. It's it's great. We we I right, and it's a intend to listen to a twenty four seven starter. Here, yeah, go ahead. He calls out people. He and oh, he, yes, he he does. calls out Elvis Presley, Miley Cyrus, Iggy Azalea, because those people, you know, they they have also taken a lot from uh, black African, culture. Yeah, black culture. Yeah, yeah. hip hop with rap with with all these things with uh, you know style fashion. And then they don't give a whole lot back. And so what he, mm-hmm. he he even has lyrics. We take what we want from black lives, uh, from black culture, but will we stand when it's time for black lives? Right, exactly. And so, you know, it's it's this real conversation. He he says in there, he says, you know what? I understand that I was I'm three steps ahead because I was born white. He understands yes. that. He knows. He says people yes, forget to say that. People forget to say mm-hmm. that. And he he recognizes that. He calls he I mean he mentions his own thing at the Grammys. He mentions everything that has happened to him and he says, "You know what? That's not what the conversation is about because the conversation is about what is actually going on. We have to stand for it no matter who it is." And I love there's two lines in there that I absolutely love. I uh I I I tweeted them on on my own Twitter because uh injustice Anywhere is injustice Justice. everywhere. Yes. Love that line. And also, mm-hmm. we're, we're more concerned with being racist, being called racist, than and actual racism. racism. Yeah. yeah. That it's, is it's so the true. best line it's, in it, and of itself. Right. And here, we are, just like Macor, we are well aware mm-hmm. we are two white guys sitting yep. in a studio. But we are. here's the thing. We, there was a lot of backlash during his Grammy performance of Same Love a couple years ago yeah. uh, from LGBT people. And I remember saying... And when we talked to Mark Solomon from Freedom to Marry, he even said the same thing. We couldn't have gotten to the Supreme Court if it wasn't yes. for allies. It, if exactly. it wasn't for right. people, if it wasn't for having straight people mm-hmm. talking about and putting us in the conversation. As white people, we need to talk yeah. about this or it's not going to change. Yes. Black Lives Matter is a movement. And yes, there's this big big discussion out there but i think a lot of it is i just feel more comfortable if you don't talk let's just make it go away right because it's a hard conversation we work with the police Mm -hmm. department we do we have been working with the police department for almost a year now and we love the people we work with and but there is a very much a culture Mm. in in the police force i think everywhere that they want to close ranks and take care of their own so they 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 lay a lot of blame on the way the media you know, and you know what? Things. Yes, there's some blame. Oh, I, I will yes. say both sides have blame right. to it. It's but not. It's not a one-sided problem. This song and yep. the Black Lives Matter movement brings up, yep. which is, no matter what, there's still a problem. Exactly. You don't have stories that break almost every week mm-hmm. about something like this across the country, not even just in one centralized yeah. location, yes. Yes. without there being some something that needs right. to be fixed. Now, I'm not. Pre- being out there pushing people to say all police are awful. But what I'm saying is if a problem exists, we need Mm -hmm. to address it. And I think that's what Macklemore is trying to do in this song, using his art to say, and that's we have the thing. to do something. Using his, yeah, and I okay, I respect Macklemore tremendously. Before the song, I I did, I I love right. And so for him to do this, to come out with this song at this time, 
to say all these things so publicly, voice his opinion, voice his concerns, be so raw about it, that's brave. Yes. That's important and brave. And I don't think, you know, his his motives are questioned yes. all the time. You're all just trying time. to capitalize. I really isn't, this is he's, what I said no, to you yeah. last night. Yeah. Artists, in the history of artists, our purpose, and I consider, you, know, you yeah. and I do our own art form. We do, yes. Even outside of this, is to take a look at some portion of society mm-hmm. and to reflect upon it and give it back. It, I mean, yeah. art is to put a mirror up to society and show it to itself. Yeah. Isn't that what he's doing? And if that's what he's doing, why are we mad at him for doing what an artist should do? Exactly. Isn't it better exactly. than writing some horrible song, let Miley Cyrus let out and it having no meaning? Yeah, right. I mean, that's fun and it's We're you so, do it, but why yeah. is it a problem to have something that actually makes you have a conversation we're so much more comfortable and okay with that kind of fluff for media and music and art we don't have to look at ourselves exactly because this is thinking this is too much that it's like Mm -hmm. this is close to home well let's you and i do that you and and this is on a very not even close to the importance of this conversation but to break it down you and i the worst thing is to have to grow because it means we have to be critical of ourselves and each other and we love each other. That's hard. But we we have an agreement here mm-hmm. that to do that, we have to look at those things that make us uncomfortable. Yeah. The, As a society, yeah. I would rather, society would rather you tell us that we're doing good, everything's fine, and mm-hmm. the world is pretty than to say, okay, this is some dark stuff we need to take care of now. It's more comfortable not to have to look at the demons in the face. Right. But the fact and is, scary. we all have demons, yeah. and our society has demons, and we have to look them in the face. We absolutely do. So, and, and, you know, step one, maybe the song. We, this is not the whole conversation. This no. cannot be the whole conversation, it, obviously. No. It should only be it a starter. A, right. right. And so we're going to continue this conversation, you and I. Mm-hmm. You suggested we do a kind of a state of equality kind of panel. Yeah. Um, so we did it in the past when it came to LGBT issues that were going on in Spokane, in Spokane at that time. Yeah. There were accusations mm-hmm. against certain public, public organizations. I think this is important. And, the thing that tells me we really need to do it is it makes me uncomfortable. Yes, exactly. Because you even don't though want to, I so know I'm, you know, I want to mm-hmm. support the cause and everything, I know that it might make me look at things in myself that I haven't really thought about. And so you and I, two white boys, are going to sit here and we're going to invite people from our community, including people that represent the NAACP, and yes. say, can we have this uncomfortable conversation? Can Siri and I will own that there is white privilege even if, and even there though is. we're gay, yeah. there's straight privilege. There is. We understand that, but there's also, yeah. we're white boys. I'm I'm interested yeah. in this conversation. And, and that's the thing, is like you just said, you have to recognize it. I recognize it completely. I come from a middle class family. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I come from an immigrant class family, but middle class, white, male. Those yeah. are privileges that as society... Right. We have, and, and that's the thing. We everybody have has a privilege above someone else at some point. There's uh, there's true. always something yeah. in it, so it doesn't mean you don't talk about any of no. it. No, but we need to talk about this exactly. You know that shouldn't I mean? lessen you just as much as it shouldn't make you above anyone else at all. Exactly, and it, I think it, it, I mean let's I mean break Spokane it down here. should really talk about it, especially with the whole yes. Rachel Dolezal incident and everything. I bet <laughs> oh, there's yeah. a lot you know, to think about. So I think it's time, you know, that we do have those conversations. I do want to, before we take our last, uh, or we go off the air, I do want to say, I want to restate a quote that you love about the song that you already stated, but it resonates so much with me. I just think it bears repeating. And I love that line where he says, we take all we want from black culture, but will but will we show up for black lives? Exactly. And see, just saying that gives me chills. Yeah. We take what we want, but will we show up when it counts? Mm Mm-hmm. 
That's even if thing. it's uncomfortable. Is it? Will, we do, if, it? will yeah. we do it? Yeah. So we're going to have this conversation continue over the next few months. Yeah. Um, and we hope that you'll stick with us and, and have it with us. Yeah. Well, for now, uh, that that's all we have today. So we will see you next week. <laughs>